before I get started into the message, I'm Brady, and I want to tell you what I feel my passion is. Um, I was actually talking to somebody a couple weeks ago, and they were like, we were talking about different gifts. Like, for example, Pastor Larry, who's going to be preaching next week, is a teacher. He's a, he's a very good teacher. Some people are just shepherds. They just love people. I'm not one of them. Um, I, I mean, I do. I love people. Some people. No, I'm just, Lord, forgive me. I, I do. I love people. But I'm not really what you would call a typical shepherd, like, that just gathers people. Um, but, yeah, I'm hosting a young adult small group. But, um, and then there's some people that are, their hearts are for the lost. Anybody in here like that? You're just an evangelist that like got to go after the lost. Some of you better because we need people like that. Uh, but in 2005, when I was youth pastor, I came, I was reading the book of Revelations and I had a revelation about Revelation chapter three. And it talked about the church of Laodicea, the lukewarm church. Ooh, that's a good one. And something came hold of me, like whenever I was preaching this message. And since then, I felt like part of my mission, my passion, my calling on this earth is to take average, everyday Christians who are just going through the mundane of life and to grab you by the shoulders and to shake you. And that is what I plan to do this morning. That's why every time I preach, like this morning, Will Wright was like, God, did we get in trouble? They have to send Brady to like yell at us. And I'm like, yes, I yell a lot. I'm very passionate about that. And so this is what this has to, has to do with. I believe as Christians, we get in the habit of making things overcomplicated. Would you agree with that? We overcomplicate things, not just in Christians, but as humans, we overcomplicate things. And what we're going to talk about today is something that I feel is overcomplicated. We even teach our kids like from their five years old, what do you want to do with your life? And then it creates this stress, like, I don't know. And they become a freshman in high school. They're like, I don't know what I want to do. And you're like, you got to have something. And we overcomplicate it. And we ask, we ask um, young people when they get saved, what has God called you to do? And it's like, whoa, chill. And I believe we overcomplicate our even walk with God. What does God want me to do today? Whenever it honestly is really simple. This Christian walk is simple. Not easy, simple. And what I wanna talk is something that is very simplistic, but I feel like we miss it. And I want you to, if you have your Bibles, even on your phones, you can go to Mark chapter four, we're only going to read two verses, so if you just want to read on the screen, that's fine. This is a parable that Jesus said in verse 26. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version if you have your phone and you want to. How many find that distracting sometimes when someone's reading out of a different translation of you and you're like trying to pay attention and all this? Especially if you have like the message Bible, you're not going to find out what we're doing. All right, in verse 26, this is Jesus talking, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Now, again, we can study how seeds grow. We can look at it. We can put cameras underneath the ground and see the roots and all that. But we really don't know how it actually takes place. We are in the, the faith and expectancy series. This is gonna close it out. I believe that the word of God, this right here, the Bible is seed. That's right. This is what it is, it's seed. 
And what happens is we need to plant some seeds. In John chapter one, it says, in the beginning was what? The word. All right, let's get a little theology in us. That word right there, if you look it up in the Greek, it's Greek word. If you have a strong concordance, how many have a strong concordance or read strong concordance or look at it? Man, we need to see more hands than that. Um, all right. Well, there's numbers that correlate with words, and this is Greek word 3056, and it simply means logos, L-O-G-O-S. How many of you ever heard of that one? Come on, we're going to be participation this morning. All right, logos. Logos is the written word. So in the beginning was the written, the logos word of God. Then in verse 14, Miss Brenda, if you can go there in verse 14, this is what's so awesome. It says, and the word, that is the same Greek word, 3056, which means logos, the written word. And that word became flesh. Who is that? Jesus, all hell King Jesus, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory and the glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and full of truth. That is the, the written Logos word of God. Now I'm gonna go to one more scripture and then I'm gonna get into the meat of what we're doing. And in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, we're gonna find this Logos again. This is the scripture that we use a lot when it comes to what does the word do? Have you ever been asked that question? Like Pastor Jody did this to us about two years ago. He got in staff and he's like, what's the word do? And everybody's like, oh my God, what is he looking for? And then, so we have to like spout out, like what's the word do? Well, this is the main scripture. This is what the word does. For the word, Greek word 3056, logos, the written word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. Wow, that sounds intense. And is discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. That's what the written word of God does. So this is what our job is, is like the sower. We're planting seed. We're reading the written word of God and we're planting seed. Once this Logos, once this planet word gets planted into us, this, this written word gets planted in through maybe memorization. Let me tell you my story. Whenever I got saved, thank God that Victory Worship Center is a discipleship church because I would not have made it. Then the moment I gave my life to the Lord, I had three people take me underneath their wing and gave me, they said, you got to get a Bible. I'm like, I got one. And it was like my grandparents' Bible that I couldn't even understand the language. And they're like, no, you got to get a Bible that you can understand. So I went to the Sunshine Shop. How many of you remember the Sunshine Shop on Ruth Street? All right. So I went to the Sunshine Shop. I got me my Bible. I got me a Bible carrying case. And it was on. And guess who showed up freshman year at Salt High with a Bible carrying case? Don't know what I was thinking. You're calling like, oh my God, I'm being persecuted. Yeah, look at you. All right, anyway, I don't mean to pick on people, pick on myself. But I, I had that Bible and I got to the youth Bible study on Monday nights and I, I remember laying down on the, on the floor and like having my Bible and someone came up to me and they said, hey, this is what you need to do. And they gave me 10 verses of scripture and they taught me how to use the Bible and go through. And, and let me tell you something, I grew up in church and I never knew this. Some of you may have grew up in church and this is the first time you're hearing this Logos word. 
and they sent me down, and they did this. Well, my parents, they, um, I had a computer in my room with a printer. And so that night after that Bible study, I think I stayed up to like 4 a.m., just typing out scriptures. And then next thing you know, I just started printing them out and printing them out. If you came in my room, it looked like a Bible. And they were all over my walls. Everywhere you looked just was scripture after scripture after scripture. Some were big, like big so I could see them all the time. Some were just written in like font number 12, just so I could have so many on there. And I would lay in my, I would lay in my bed and I would literally memorize Got it. And I would lay in my bed. And then I was like, oh my God, I got a science test tomorrow. And of course, I'm the, the Christian kid who's like, who cares about science? I got the word of God. And so, and then we would show up to school the next morning and, and me and Rivers Camp, um, who's one of our missionaries, and we would go and we would, we would flip over the Bible. like, what's God saying today? And I remember the first time it happened, it was that next Wednesday morning. And we flipped over and, and came the scripture, Luke 10, 19. And he's like, you know what this means? I'm like, I have no idea, bro. And he's like, oh, this means you can tramp over snakes and scorpions. You could drink deadly poison and it will not harm you. And I remember him looking at me going, do you have faith to believe that? I'm like, yeah, I do. And it got me so excited. And so I went home and I typed out Luke 10, 19 and made it really big. And that became like on my TV. And that's what I watched all the time was Luke 10, 19. And I would just make up these scriptures over and over and over to memorize them, to get in my life. Let me tell you, I'm still eating off of that seed that I planted long ago. So what happens though is you put that word into you and it grows. And what comes out of it is the next word, which is rhema. It's the Greek word, rhema. It's another word for the word. And what we find in Romans 10, 17, let me, let me go there real quick. In Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. That W word right there, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's the Greek word, rhema. And it means spoken word. The way you gotta look at it is you have the written word and then when God's spirit breathes on it, it becomes rhema, it becomes powerful. It's living and it's active and it's doing something in your life. And what it's doing is building faith. You are constantly building faith. Everywhere you go, every day when you wake up, faith is being built in your life. Now, where's that faith coming from? If the first thing that you do is open Twitter or open TikTok or open CNN, Fox News, whatever your desire is, that is building faith in you. That is where the word's coming from. That word, faith comes by hearing and all this is hearing and it's building something into you. So what we gotta do is make sure our faith, our hearing is coming by the word of God. So when you have this planet word inside of you, the logos, what happens is you have it there. I don't know how it happens. I don't understand the theology behind it. And guess what? I don't need to. All I know is I'm like the farmer who planted the seed. And next thing you know, it's like, wow, can I have faith? I remember the first time this happened, I told this story to the LCA leadership um, class on Tuesday. And I know my dad's in here and hopefully he remembers this story. Um, we we're on our way, I had a grass cutting, I called it a business, I had one yard. Um, <laughs> I was a business owner in eighth grade. But, um, but I, I just got saved, I read Luke 10, 19, like I told you and I was all quoting it. And we had to go mow grass at this, at this ranch and my dad on the way there, he goes, oh my gosh. And he starts getting angry. I'm like, what? He's like, I forgot the gloves and the long sleeve shirt. And I'm like, for what? Because he was coming to help me because it was a big yard. 
And he's like, he's like, there's poison ivy in the hedges and we got to get it out. And I'm like, what are you so upset about? He's like, we're not going to be able to get out. We're going to get poison ivy all over us. I said, you know, you know what, dad? Luke 10, 19 <laughs> says that I can trample over snakes and scorpions. I could drink deadly poison. It's not going to harm me. You know what my dad did? Prove it. <laughs> I had never been so nervous to get out of a truck in my entire life. I was 15, 14 years old. And so my dad was driving me there. And I get out the truck and I, I chose to weed eat first, you know, to build. And I, every time I weed eat, I'll look at it. And I would start cursing it like Jesus did with the fig tree. And all of a sudden I get up and I was like, all right, Jesus, you said this. This needs to come out. Here we go. Never got poison ivy. I know, I know. It's like, oh, maybe you're just not allergic to it. I don't care. But listen to me. Luke 10, 19. I put my faith into works. But what happened was I read the Luke 10, 19. I planted the seed. The spirit dropped on me. Rhema came out. The spoken word about what that actually looks like. And now all of a sudden faith was built. Logos, rhema, faith. And that's what we need. But some of us want to skip it. Some of us, we live in the society, Mike Martinez is in here and he told me my, one of the favorite illustrations I did, and this was like 10 years ago, was I said that America is becoming the shake weight society. Some of you are like, shake weight? What is that? Well, if you grew up in the early 2000s and you watched infomercials, you know all about the shake weight. Shake weight is this dumbbell looking thing that you would hold with two hands at your chest level and you would shake it like this and the weights on each end, it would make you tone. It had these big bodybuilders like, I use the shake weight for 10 minutes a day and this is what happens. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. I know you did not get all those muscles like the leg muscles just from doing this. <laughs> but yet it sold millions. Why? Because we want it easy. We don't want to take the time to plant the seed or the eight-minute abs. Ooh, or now there's two-minute abs. That's right. Seven minutes abs is better than eight minutes. I'm going to make 30-second abs. Why? Wow, we always try to put this in because we want to skip the steps. We want to go straight. We, we want to just keep passing go to collect the $200, but you've got to sometimes go down the whole Monopoly trail. And so what I want to do is to tell you it is so important to put the planted, the seed, the written word of God in your life. You got to put it in because that's where the spirit, the pneuma, P-N, pneuma, the Greek word for spirit will breathe life into it. But you got to do your part and put it in there. It's kind of like if you want to go run a marathon, I'm going to go, I, I tried this three years ago. Kayla and Jen ran a half marathon and me and Trey were sitting there like, we could do this. So on the way home, I was like, it wasn't that big of a deal. And Jen literally called me out. She's like, go run three miles when you get home. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. So I get out the car and Kayla goes inside. And I'll go in, I put on my, you know, basketball shorts as, you know, I didn't have running shorts, put on basketball shorts and I go to take off. And I learned really quick that running a mile in high school 18 years ago is not the same as running a mile now. And I couldn't even make it. But I just finished my first half marathon last Sunday. But hear me out. I'm not saying that as a accomplishment. I'm saying I could not do that. A year ago, I couldn't even run a mile without stopping. But what happened is you have training and you're put in the step 
one step at a time, one mile, two miles, three miles, eight miles, 10 miles, and before you know, you're at 13 miles. But you can't skip the step. We see people trying to cross the finish line who skip the steps and they're, because <laughs> they skip the training. So what you have to do if you're trying to build faith, trust the training. Trust the training that what you're putting in is gonna produce life. Think about Noah for a moment. Hey, I'm gonna flood the earth. I need you to build this big boat. And we look, read the Bible stories like, oh yeah. What if God told you to do that? I know we have Evan Almighty and that kind of like, showed you the story. Some scholars said it took 70 years, some say 75 years for Noah, before, when Noah got the word and it happened. Can you imagine banking your whole life off of this one spoken word? 75 years of waiting for the promise. Abraham, we look at David. Why could David kill Goliath? He killed the bear, he killed the lion. One step at a time, trust the training, bam, he killed Goliath. But it would have been easy, I mean, I say that, I mean, you're still, I'm not, I wasn't there, I would probably be shaking too, but looking with a slingshot and seeing this big dude, but you know what he had before all that? He didn't just have the experience of the bear and the lion, you know what he had? He had a word. The word was he was anointed king. He had to think there's no way God's gonna allow me to die now when he anointed me king back then when I was 17 years old. So he had that word that, no, I'm king, I got this. Now he put his faith in the word, his faith into action, created the works, and he killed Goliath. So he got to plant the word. Another time that we see it is in Ephesians 5.26. And we, read, we have this scripture about what husbands are supposed to do. Wash your wife, cleanse your wife with the word. Well, a lot of us think, okay, I gotta read my Bible to my wife. Actually, that word is not logos. It's not the written word. It's actually rhema. To have spoken words over your wife because that is what Jesus is doing with us. He is speaking words over us. So we're supposed to, as he is cleansing us. So what does the word do? What does rhema do? It cleanses you. A spoken word cleanses you, but it has to come from the written word. So guys, what we're doing as husbands, we're getting the written word inside of us. And all of a sudden, when your wife comes to you all stressed out about something, now all of a sudden you got a revelation about the written word that you just had, that God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Now it's not just a scripture on a page. Now it's something that you're actually living. That's where the passion comes from. And you can tell when you got a revelation about something. Whenever, when Nakoda and the guys are up here and they're singing a song, and there's some lyric that just speaks out to you. For example, for me this morning, I have a revelation about Jesus being king. There's this king mentality about Jesus that I don't think we get. That it's not about you. He is the king. And when you walk into the king, you're like, oh, don't kill me. So when we sing all hell king Jesus, my spirit lights up. I get it. One of the first times this happened, I was in, it was like 1999 and I was reading my Bible like I was taught from my mentors and I came across Psalms 84, better is one day in his courts than a thousand days elsewhere. And I was like, Lord, I want to dwell in your house than to be with anybody else in my life. And something happened when that written word got inside of me and it became rhema. And then the next Sunday at church, Pastor Jody's, at the old stage leading worship, and guess what he's singing? Better is one day in your courts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got it. I get it. 
So when you combine the lyrics with some revelation, with some rhema, whoo, you want to talk about worship? Now all of a sudden it's all like, come on guys, come worship with us. Now it's like, oh, you're leading the worship now because you got the rhema. You got the revelation. So we got to plant that word into us. And so what I did is I, um, I don't, I love to say these ideas just drop to me, but they really do. So this week I was planning the message and this is probably, I told Kayla last night, this is probably one of the hardest messages I've had to plan. I pride myself on being able to like put together messages really good. This one was really hard. It wasn't until like midnight last night where it finally dropped. So I had this idea to buy three Lego cars and have three different people put them together, the same exact car. And so, Miss Brenda, if you could put up the picture of what the car is supposed to look like. So there's the Lego car. Is that's what, that's what we bought. And I gave it to Jess. And I said, and all I gave to Jess was a pack of Legos. No box, no instructions. I said, build the car that the Lego manufacturer would build. So Hayden, can you come see for a second? We're going to... Because we're going to use technology on this one. So he built a car. He sent it. Oh, I broke his car. All right. Oops. All right. So we're going to put this, this camera on the screen. And so you can actually see this car. So this right here, go to, go to Hayden's camera. Hopefully it's still connected. If not, there it is. All right. Ooh, my hands are gross. All right. So right there, that's, that's Jess's car. Okay. That is, that's a pretty good car, right? Pretty good. All right. So you can switch over there. Pretty good car. Some of you may even like this car better than the one that you saw right there. But is it the way that the designer intended it to be? It's not. In fact, I just broke it because the doors were barely hanging on by one little connector. This thing will break any moment because there's no solid foundation because he didn't know how to build it. Then I gave the next car to Briggs. And with Briggs, I gave him the box, just the picture with the pack of Legos. And I said, build the car. So he built the car. Hmm. Let's go to this camera. So you could see the car right here. So there's Briggs's. He could demolish a wall with that one. All right, so there's Briggs's car. All right, so we can switch off. All right, so this is a good car. This one's actually really solid. Still not the cool speed champion Lego car it was meant to be, but pretty good, right? Well, then I gave the other car to my son, Brecken. I gave him the box and I gave him the instruction book. And Brecken was able to build the exact car that he built. Now, it took him about an hour and a half to do it. It took some time. Jess's didn't take that long. Briggs didn't take as long, but Brecken did. So there is the car. Thank you, Hayden. By the way, Hayden's getting married in two weeks. Congratulations, Hayden. Stud, right there. So we have these three cars. Both can roll. I mean, all three of them can roll. One's falling apart already. One looks, oh my God, I don't know what that is right there. And then this one looks like it should go really fast. Here's all the pieces that Jess had left over. And here's the instruction book. This right here is the written word. We need this. Some of you are going through your life. You got saved and you're like, I don't need nothing. Come on, guys. We get a, we get a, new, a new thing we got to put together. What's the first thing we do? 
I don't need that. I'm a man. Then you go buy something from Ikea and you're like, oh gosh, I got all these little German pieces I got to put together. But we immediately throw away the instruction book. I got this. I don't need anything. Next thing you know, your doors are falling off of your car. And you're wondering, what happened? You ain't put nothing in. There's no seeds coming in. There's no book. Then you got the person who's the Christian who's like, I just need community. I don't need this. I can mimic my life by watching other people. Let me tell you, you have no idea what goes in the foundation unless you were here when this thing was built. You have no idea the boards under, under this foundation right here. You have no idea the hours, the time. You may want to try to mimic your life like Pastor Larry, but you don't know the hours, the months, the marathon running that he did to get the faith that he had. So if you're just going to mimic that, you're not going to get what you were intended to get. But if you use the instruction book and the picture... And you keep looking back and you put the instructions in, you're putting block by block, piece by piece, you're building this foundation. All of a sudden, you are gonna be the car that the creator meant for you to be. Don't miss your purpose. Your purpose is found in the written word so the spoken word, the rhema can get on top of it and all of a sudden this faith is being built. Step by step by step. All right, I want everybody to stand up with me. And this is what this means. There are facts and there's truths. Here's a fact. You go to the doctor, you get a bad diagnosis. That's a fact. Truth is, 1 Peter, by his stripes, you're healed. So there's facts floating around everywhere. But there's truth right here. What Satan tempted Jesus with on the mountain was facts. The word says to do this, but there was no truth behind it. So when we get this written word inside of us, truth begins to come out. I want to read this scripture while you're standing. I really believe this is kind of like the scripture that we've been praying as a staff at the beginning of the year. It's first, it's not first, there's only one Colossians. Right, so I guess you can call it the first Colossians. There may be a second one out there. All right, Colossians verse nine. And so chapter one, verse nine says this. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let me tell you how that happens. Not just by, it's by digging. It's by being a student of the word and allowing the Holy Spirit to do his part. I really believe this morning, when I walked in this morning, I kept seeing faces of people. I kept seeing people who've been in this race for a long time. And it's really, I'm talking like 20 plus years. And you just, something's just burning out in you. Maybe, you know, it's fireplace season right now. And I was showing, I think it was Briggs who was right by me and the fire was going out. And I said, watch this. 
and I just blew on it. And all of a sudden the embers light up and then flames. I believe that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. If you're feeling a little burned out right now, you're still simmering. You're still, you're still there, you're still in the fire, but you, maybe there's something just not kicking. Some of you lost your youthful zeal. Some of you lost your zeal, your passion for the Lord. And what I wanna do this morning is just let the spirit breathe on it and allow those embers to become flames, to ignite because you're not finished yet. Miss Gay, you're not finished yet. Miss Fran, you're not finished yet. Pastor Larry, you're not finished yet. We need you. We need your fires burning bright because there is a younger generation that may be 50 years old now or 40 years old or 20 years old and they need your embers burning bright because that is combustible fire right there. When you get near those people, all of a sudden that flame starts coming over to you. And I wanna say, keep your hunger for the Lord burning bright. Keep your hunger for the word burning bright. Now, some of you may never ever opened your word for yourself. I didn't either. But I'm telling you, this is life. This, this is not, the shake weight society goes, just get a devotion, you're fine. And look, I, I'm not talking bad about devotions, but if the only thing you're doing is reading a commentary with one scripture, man, that's like, eating one meal just every now and then. It's, that's a great supplement. But you're gonna have to have some meat in here to read the context. And if you're like, I've never done this before, great news. We like to be resources here and we created some digital resources for you that you can use. Go to victorysulfur.com, go to our website, go to our app, and you click on resources, digital resources, and you can go, and Pastor Jody did a bunch of videos on what it means to be saved, and then he did two on studying the word, how to actually start reading the Bible. There's a book that's called 30 Days to Understanding the Bible. Buy it on Amazon. Get that if you've never read it and it will help you start reading the word. The excuses are gone to go, I just don't understand it. There is no reason that is a lie from the enemy. And whenever you put this inside of you, it will begin to burn and then you will no longer walk around just wondering what your purpose is because this will find, this will find your purpose. You will find your purpose in the word. Amen. So that's what I'm praying this morning. So Jesus right now, if you're feeling like, you're, like your embers are burning a little dull, if you're feeling like it's not bright and burning and, and full of flame right now, I would ask you to lift your hands. Jesus, you see our hands. Father, the ones that have been running the longest, Lord, put new wind in their cells. Blow on the embers of their heart. Fan the flames that you once put in there. Jesus, do what you can do. Holy Spirit, we give you complete permission to do what only you can do. To give us rhema, the spoken word about this Logos word, Father. And Lord, for those of us who have never even read the Bible for ourselves, Lord, give us a hunger that tomorrow morning, the first thing before we go to the coffee, before we go to Facebook, the first thing we do would be to open the word of God. Lord, even if it's on our phone, let us put the word inside of us, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, I pray and everybody say amen.